Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, all you scarred and beautiful people. It's Jordan. I am really excited for the guest I have brought to you today on the podcast. She is not only a women's professional soccer player, but she is an arrow liver. Kendall Johnson is the founder of Arrow Living, and she has a podcast. She has a website. She has a weekly email that she sends out uh, that gives you if you subscribe, a little bit of insight about what she's thinking about that week, some cool things she's come in touch with, and just a little bit more about her and how her brain thinks. I really enjoyed this conversation with Kendall because we tap into everything about from where she grew up to her dreams when she was younger to going through not only an ACL injury and how she recovered from that, but what it looked like when and how she used what she learned in her ACL injury to get through a really serious bout with uh, concussions and how it sidelined her for a long time. Kendall Johnson is one rad chick. She has so many good things to say in this podcast and I'm going to stop talking and let you hear it from her mouth and uh, hopefully it makes you think, it makes you laugh and it makes you proud of all that you've come through, just like all that Kendall has come through as well. So here she is, women's professional soccer player, Kendall Johnson. Guys, I'm really super stoked to be joined by Kendall Johnson. Um, Kendall, I think we got to get this out of the way first. What is your Skype name? And because you use that name a lot and I need <laughs> to know the background behind. Um, do you say it Kendallish? That's exactly how you say it. That's very correct. Um, I created it probably in middle school. Was it of... your AIM name? No, that oh. was my AIM name was Tic Tac three two one ten. This one was off of Kendalicious, and somehow I decided to shorten it. Maybe Kendalicious was taken. Oh, okay. And now we're just Kendalish. Oh my gosh, Kendalicious! Did Fergie have anything to do with that? <laughs> like, or... yeah, we we talked about it. Um, <laughs> she was okay with me using it, but okay. I decided to get a little bit more original and go with Kendallish. Right. Um, I love it because I see it um, in different. Is that your Twitter name as well? Or it was at one yeah. point or something? We just, yeah, we're just using it for everything I now. I love it. My, I, people... do, I do that too. I have Jordy Angeli because one of my um, teammates in, or not teammates, a guy, a guy that was on the men's team in college was like, you're like, uh, your name could be like a Brazilian name, Jordan, Jordangeli. I was oh, like, that's good. wow, I'm not Brazilian on the soccer field or in real life, but I'll pretend that I am. So I, I just rolled with it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my teammates to call me Kendallish on the field, but yes. hasn't, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, well, I'm really excited to talk to you, Kendall. You have uh, had such a cool story and, uh, you know, gone through some tough battles, Um through your career and through your life and have really helped you kind of um, find your footing to who Kendallish is, right? And <laughs> I kind of want to go back and talk about where you're from, where you grew up, and kind of uh, how that had a big influence on who you are now. Yeah, so I am from Portland, Oregon, 
born and raised, uh, grew up playing club soccer here, high school, then went on to play at University of Portland. Um, yeah, I grew up going to the University of Portland soccer camps, and that was always one of my top schools, so for it to actually happen was pretty sweet. And then from there, I ended up playing in Sky Blue, and honestly, so that was New Jersey. It wasn't until I left. When you're from a place, you just kind of get used to it, and you don't realize how special it may be. So when I went to New Jersey, it took me just a couple months to realize that I love the nature, the fresh air, the people who wave at you when you cross the street. (laughs) And um, yeah, honestly, that it took me going away to realize how special of a place that Portland really is. Yeah, well, you you went away before that because we actually met when you played for the Colorado Rush. So we're both Rush alum in one way or the other. That but, is true. But Colorado is a different it, – it's more – it's closer to Portland in that sense where, like, people do wave at you and they're not <laughs> – it's not so East Coast, right? Yeah. No, I really did. I enjoyed my time in Colorado. I feel like there's very – there's a lot of similarities with the nature and outdoorsy people. Mm-hmm. Do you, so going back to when you were growing up and you found out that the University of Portland wanted you to come to school there, do you remember that feeling or the emotion that you felt in those moments of like, wow, this is maybe my, the first time, was it the first time that a dream that you had became a reality? Uh, I don't know if it was the first time that my dream became, a, I feel like just throughout my when I was younger, I always just kind of, I was naive in the sense that I would see these things and be like, okay, I want to do that. And I'm going to make that happen. And I never really thought about how it was going to happen. I just, in my mind knew it was. And so that kind of happened with, I, my high school, we won state championship. And then I was definitely was super honored when it did happen. I was very happy, very excited. And it was really cool just to see that my dreams were actually unfolding. Yeah. So, but so you win the state championship, and it was sooner before before that or after that that you found out that you were going to go to Portland. It was after that, to be honest. It was um, I was deciding between there and Santa Clara, Ugh. and the teammates. Yeah, I know, and it was a really really hard decision. One of my actually, I made a list of pros and cons after months of not being able to decide, and one of my cons was actually that going to Portland, I would be close to home, which is funny. I'm I'm just, I'm not a homebody. I love just experiencing new things and getting away. But um, I ended up just going with my gut and chose Portland. So on the pros list was Jordan Angeli would be my teammate? Yeah, even though that was kind of more of a, um, I didn't know it at the time, but for sure that was. (laughs) It was in there deep. You just, uh, it wasn't written down. It was just mentally noted. I didn't even need to write it down. <laughs> um, so to, to dream like that and to have the the ability to see beyond maybe just right there in the present moment what you're working for, there had to have been someone that influenced you as a kid. Can you pinpoint that person who it was where, you know, in your childhood you looked up to them and you realized um, maybe now looking back that a lot of what they taught you is is incorporated into who you are? Yeah, I would say I actually I've talked to a lot of teammates and they typically had or a lot of them had one coach that they're like, this is the coach that really taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. I didn't have one of those coach coaches. I had a lot of coaches that I enjoyed, but 
I would say just kind of like a lot of people my age, the 99ers watching them win uh, the World Cup, to me that was, that for sure just sparked my interest and I would go home and just Google search everything about them, who their dog was, all those things. And <laughs> I remember going to, they had a indoor tournament in Portland and I was right, my seat was right behind the net. And when the game ended, they did a little circle celebration in Brandy Chastain. I put my hand through the net and she touched my hand and I literally didn't wash it for a week. And like those type of little memories just really stuck with me. Do you think it's those memories too? Because when you do meet somebody that is a pro or someone that I think for women, when we see someone that's doing something that we want to do or we think that we can do, but you, they almost seem not real. But when you have those moments of like, actual interaction like shaking her hand or I remember Sawa lived in Colorado and Sawa from the Japanese national team would come to our training sessions and I remember thinking like wow like if she could do it I could do it do you think that's important and um just the the realization of like maybe I can do things because these people are actually real yeah for sure I mean the fact that I actually got to touch the flesh of (laughs) Brandy Chastain, I was like, this person's actually real. And yeah, yeah, exactly like what you said. That's kind of why now at my level or being at a professional level and I playing for Portland, we have so many awesome fans. Now I'm like, okay, I don't really, I don't think I'm that cool, but I remember what it was like to be a kid. And just if someone touched my hand, it was a colossal deal. So I really try to make an effort to connect with uh, the fans when I can. It is. It's important to stay. I always remember my my um, people on staff like pulling me. Okay, Jordan, you got to come. And I'm like, no. What if that kid right there? I know I'm just Jordan Angeli. I'm not like these other players. But what if that kid realizes their dreams can happen because I stayed and did the extra thing? Yeah, for sure. That to me is like the most rewarding thing about playing. Yeah. Uh, so when you so you go to Portland. Um, you and I have a couple, I'm sure. Actually, I don't think you, you started in 2009. Yes. Okay. So we missed each other by a year. So mm. we wouldn't even even play it together. Yeah. So, so that's why it was, that's, that's why, why it wasn't on, on the list. Duh. Yeah. Um, so you go to Portland and things go pretty solid, but it was in that time, your four years at Portland or a, a little bit less. Cause you didn't actually complete your eligibility at the college level. Did you? No, I opted not to choose my red shirt year. Right. So during those four years of actually being at school, you suffered an ACL tear. Do you remember that experience? I do, of course. Was that one um, of the, the biggest challenges to, that you had faced yet in your life and career? Yeah, at that point, definitely was. Um, I vividly remember the day. It was April 23rd the day before my birthday and also the day before I was going to go into my first U23 national team camp. No way. And we had a, just, it was a spring friendly game and there's, I was playing defense, ball went over my head and I just turned and I felt that pop that I know, like I, I've just heard people talk about, you hear that pop and I immediately went down and I remember just like on the field screaming, no, and why and I just my I remember my teammates were like that was the saddest thing I've ever seen you were just like I, I I knew it happened but I still was after the fact was trying to just calm myself and be like no maybe maybe yeah. I'm fine 
I saw the doctor. The doctor was there, and she would call me down. Was like, you know, let's just get a MRI, see what happens. And my parents were there, mm-hmm. and so luckily they took me to get an MRI right away. And I drove back to, so I went straight there from the game to get my MRI, and then I was driving back from there back to University of Portland and. My mom answered the phone, and then she hung up and said, you tore your ACL, and I just, like, screamed and was so sad, so upset. Um, Yeah, so that happened, and then I guess later that uh, night, I'm really fortunate that my parents Mm -hmm. live there, so I went to their place, and I'm a really big Blazer fan. I was watching, it was the playoffs, and the Blazers had this insane comeback, and after that, I just was like, hell yeah, if they can do it, like, I can do it. And I just got this, like, I don't know why, like, it was just one game, but whatever. My mind was like, all right, I got this. And kind of since after that day, I kind of just put my head down and went after it. There's so many things in that that I feel like I could touch on because it's the the moment that it happens, right, and how are we – we know, you know that you're hurt. You know that that's like whatever happened is not supposed to happen in your leg. And you almost like in, intuitively know that you tore your ACL. But then right away, we're like, nope, I'm fine. Like, why do mm-hmm. we do that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember like distinctly walking off and being like, okay, I'm fine. And I gave that little jog where you're like, no, I can put some weight on it. And then all of a sudden you feel this thing. And you're like, shoot, maybe I'm not fine. Yeah. But yeah, I think we just want to sh- obviously try to show that we're yeah. tough. And in the like in in the car when you did hear the news, why do you think that reaction? Do you can you remember like your mind was probably going a million miles per hour, thinking like no, but why? Like what were you were you th- thinking of things to come in the future? Did you think like, or did you th- were you thinking of ex- just the rehab? Had you think seen people go through it and like no, I don't want to go through that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea about the rehab I know is a long rehab but the main thing was I think part of me was still trying to convince myself that it didn't happen and also the fact that I had this U23 national team camp my first opportunity um so yeah it was more so the future I hadn't really thought about the rehab yet yeah uh interesting too how the Blazers were your inspiration gotta represent (laughs) Rip City I love that um and cool how you had something to latch on to pretty soon after that and understand that, okay, is it going to be difficult? Yes. But, um, if they can do it, I can do it. And you had this belief in yourself really from, from day one, where do you think that comes from? Uh, I have a lot of talks with people about whether or not like a dr- your drive comes from your environment or you're born with it. And I think, a lot of it for me just came from, I was born with this like obsession, anything. My parents were super supportive. I do think that has a huge factor, but I don't think there's anything they could have done to stop me from trying to become a professional soccer player. I was just that obsessed and dialed in. So I think when that happened, I just kind of used this like programming I had my whole life just to kind of put my head down and be like, okay, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Was the rehab process for you pretty smooth, or do you remember a moment that uh, you were like, I don't know, like this is a low, and this is going to be a lot harder than I thought? Uh huh. I remember one distinct day where 
I don't remember what I was doing, but it was just really painful and it was just hard. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. And I left and I think I didn't sleep. When I don't sleep, I'm a different person. And I was trying to act all, I don't, at that time, I'm all for showing your emotions, but at that time I didn't like to cry. And so I remember leaving the PT place and my mom drove me and I just broke down in front of her and she was like, finally, like you, it's okay to feel these things. You don't have to be this like super tough person. It's really good to like let it out. So I definitely had a good cry. And then after that, I kind of put my head down again and uh, kept going. But yeah, it was definitely hard. I for sure remember times when it was really painful and remember like the distinct moments of being able to run for the first time and just those little things are kind of what uh, kept me going. Yeah. And as you, it's really those small wins, right? Like if you look at the whole thing and from day one and you're like, oh, I have to be playing soccer again in, in six, nine months, it's so overwhelming. But those little victories you have every single day that you're like, okay, I did I did put weight on my leg today, or I did do a squat, or I did this. Like it's really the accumulation of all those little wins that get you to the end line, like the, the quote-unquote finish line. And it's so true, like it translates from not only this rehab, but like everything in life, that if you focus on the right things, that you're going to get to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I was thinking about when um, – it's just this idea like of being a part of the team, but not playing. And I remember one game, it was, I forget, I don't think it was that important, but we were, we went into overtime into PKs and I like the amount of emotions I felt not being able to play, but caring so much about my teammates. They wanted to do so well, like that was way more stressful and like hard for me to deal with in a way that I just feel like, it just shows that every single person is a part of the team. And yeah. just because you're not playing doesn't mean that like you can't invest your energy into the team. But I yeah, just have a very vivid memory of being like, this is so much more stressful than actually playing. Yeah. Well, because you can't contribute. I think the, the physicality of it, like f- physically as athletes, like we can, if we feel like we can do something physically, whether it's being a part of a team and contributing on the field or like actually running and just the the physical nature of it we it makes it easier but when we can't do those when we can't run and we have to deal with the mental side of it and we have to deal with the emotions it's so challenging yeah do you feel like that time when you when you broke down in front of your mom was a breakthrough or was it a, a small crack in the ice that like you started to figure out okay this crack has to get bigger and I have to let my emotions out, but maybe it wasn't that exact time that you learned that lesson. Um, to be honest, I, I did not learn to fully like show my emotions until later on. And especially through my concussion stuff that I went through. But, um, the fact that I remember it as a very distinct memory, I think definitely shows that it, it did something to my brain. Yeah. My parents used to be like, I would start crying and they'd be like, yep, it's about time. We knew that was coming. I'm like, <laughs> like it was clockwork. Like every yeah. month and a half I would cry because I felt frustrated or, um, yeah. you know, st- stuck in the moment. So a question for you, when you, so you had three ACL tears, mm-hmm. was each one, did it feel, was it harder or was it easier because you'd been through it? Yeah, I think, um, 
I don't think it, I think the, the, the realization of that I could get through the rehab was easier because I had been through it, but I think it got harder because I always felt like my body failed me. Like mm-hmm. that idea where you were saying how, when you were younger, you were naive to this fact that like, oh, these things just happen. Like I play soccer and I win things like that's kind of how we grew up to be honest. Right. And I think what was hard is the hard work didn't match success. And that was a very hard thing. And it still is a hard thing for me to um, kind of comprehend because I, I feel like if you work hard, things should work out. And when I tore my ACL for the third time, I remember thinking like, what's the point? Yeah. I definitely had that realization this within the past year about this idea of hard work and exact same mindset okay if I work hard then I'm gonna make the national team make my dreams but then I realized I was sitting in the locker room one day I was like okay I know that I am one of the hardest workers just based on I have a pretty good sense of what my teammates do and I always just pride myself on that but I'm not on the national team so clearly that's not the answer like what if you really think about it like what it just made me rethink about, okay, I want to work hard for myself, but that doesn't, doesn't correlate to success and mm-hmm. kind of reevaluating my, where I was. Yeah. And I think I, I broke it down to the fact that, and you know, I had those same feelings, right? Like people on the national team talking about how hard they work. And I'm like, well, I work hard too. Like, I, I mean the, the time that I think anybody, if you make it to a certain level, the time you have to commit to be, where you are, whether it's in the, in a professional world, um, in, in the job realm, or it's in sports, the sports world, everybody works really hard and it's not a factor on that anymore. It's, I had to change my mindset to like, if I don't feel like I gave my all in something, then I think that feeling is worse than doing everything I feel like I could and working as hard as I could and still not getting what I think I deserve. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And just this idea, like for me, to be honest, my ACL injury was just another thing that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to do this, this, this. And I did it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went through my concussion stuff similar to you where it's like you're working so hard and it's not happening. So like what, why isn't this working? And it's the first time when like I'm sure you went through with yours. It's like, okay, then what is the point of all this? And yeah, it's. But at the same time, going through that stuff, by mm-hmm. far, I've learned mm-hmm. the absolute most. And... and so this next question might be maybe more relevant to um, your concussion, and I want to get there. So if, if it is, maybe we'll just hold off and, and go to it then. But um, do you feel um, – who do you think that you were maybe going into this injury, this ACL injury, and do you feel like you were someone different afterwards? Like did you feel like there were characteristics in you that changed or – were highlighted because of the struggle that you were like, okay, um, I didn't know I was this or this. Um, yeah, I think I definitely at before that was a little bit more naive than I was coming out of it. Just, okay, I'm going to, I want to do this. I'm going to make it happen. And then that was my first really big road bat block getting through it. I felt like, okay, I am resilient and I can get through this, but I also definitely had a way deeper appreciation and just gratitude for the game and Mm -hmm. going out there. Yeah. And 
that shows. I mean, every time you step on the field and everybody that I've known that's your teammate just loves being your teammate because of that, that gratitude, that um, joy you have for playing the game. And you have played now. So you got drafted uh, to Sky Blue, which you mentioned before, in the first year of NWSL, which was 2013. Yes. Yes. So 2013 played for Sky Blue um, for a couple seasons and then got moved back to Portland. And so two, two clubs here, you played in Australia, you, you've had um, kind of this cool career of getting a taste of the East Coast, the, the West Coast, and then down under. But if you had to pick something um, in those years that stands out as like a, a big highlight for you, what would that be? Um, well, obviously winning the uh, championship for Portland was incredible. And it was just really special because I honestly played, I barely played. And in the past, me would have been like, not okay with it, devastated, like having to uh, just do something about it. But because of going through my concussion stuff and being out for so long, just to like be a part of the team. And even though I wasn't necessarily contributing on the field. I just felt like such a strong sense of gratitude to be there. And the fact that I was able to represent the city that I grew up in and I knew how much it, what it meant for the entire city. I felt like I was fully able to really feel how special it was to win it. Mm-hmm. Even though, and it was just cool to see my growth as a person because I knew if it would have happened a year ago before my injury, I would have viewed the it differently I wouldn't it wouldn't have been good enough for me yeah and it injuries I think have a way of um humbling you to understand what you kind of were just saying like the what it really means to be uh, on a team what a team is it's not playing 90 minutes I'm not a good teammate if I play 90 minutes I'm a good teammate if I what I am doing is adding to the well-being of this unit yeah, I agree. And it was cool to watch you guys win and see you celebrate. And for you, probably a huge um, accomplishment after what you had gone through. So I want I want to tell people a little bit more about um, the concussion that you've been talking about and um, share as much or as little as you want to with kind of how that happened and your journey to get back onto the field because that was not um, – an easy one. Can I just add something about what we were just talking about? A highlight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You were there, uh, post celebration of the, uh, championship game. Yeah. Jump rope. Yeah. We, uh, someone, I, I don't know who it was. was Yeah. Yeah. Took, took our, like everyone's scarfs that they were wearing and tied them together. So we had a Dutch jump rope going, and everyone would just go in and jump, and there's it was my turn to do it. And I came in, and I just it, I was wearing okay Roche shoe Nikes. I feel like They're they the, make, do you trip in airports? Oh my, like unreal. Yeah, I me I, too, I, all the time. I knew it happened so much that it wasn't just me. Like I am clumsy at times, but yeah, I went in and I just absolutely like there's liquid on the ground. And I just <laughs> absolutely ate it. Um, didn't, didn't injure my ACL or anything. So it was all good. And I went again and then, but yeah. yeah. Your second attempt was much better. You came in hot the first time, but also can we note how random Jordan was at the party and also 
the other person to be swinging the jump rope. How did that happen? Because you're you're part of it. I I finally had to give give my position up to somebody else because, um, <laughs> what's her name? Rasso would would not stop jump roping. I was like, oh, my was... my arm is tired, girlfriend. She was good too. She's I don't think she grew up. Yeah, she's so little that she's just like. Yeah, she had like a little twist in the turns. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. Uh, that was a that was a big highlight, and in yeah. much and people needed to know about that because, <laughs> I mean, when you it was like pew, 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 slap slap down uh, on the couch. Actually, Ali Long got it on video footage accidentally, and I have it. I can send it to you, but oh, it's pretty funny. Absolutely, we need to include yeah. that in this because that would be amazing <laughs> to let people see. Um, the grace of the celebration. Oh yeah, I'd be happy to be someone that. Well, that wouldn't have meant as much to you that that fall in celebration if it hadn't been for what you had gone through in the yeah. last um, two years before that. So, uh, mm-hmm. when when was your so this you guys won the championship in the fall of 2017? When did you sustain the concussion that um, set you out for a, a long period of time? Uh, so that was back in, I was playing overseas in Australia and it was back in 2015, I believe it was a year and a half since I like, uh, played in my first game back. Mm-hmm. And it was a, uh, did you get head to head contact? What was the, how did the concussion um, happen? I got tackled from behind and hit the ground and kind of whiplashed. And then I came back too soon um, played two games and then it made it worse and then mm-hmm. came back, saw people here to get proper treatment. And it just was a very, very slow, slow ride back. How I had a concussion. It was small, minor, if you can even call concussions minor. Cause I don't really feel like we really know if the, the, you know what a minor concussion is and how much damage that really does to our brain. Um, but I wasn't out for very long and, and the side effects were not as dramatic. Um, but how, how do you handle that Kendall? Like that there's, that's a long time to be away from the game and a long time to not be able to, you know, it, there's so much of it that's unknown. I think there's a lot that has to be going through your mind during that time. Yeah. So I've, I, similar to like the ACL injury that I had, when it happened, I was like, all right, I'm going to put my nose down. I'm just going to work hard and I'm going to get through this. And this was the first time where I just, I would show up to rehab and I was going on for about six months and just was not making, I was making the slowest progress. I was improving, but just still it was affecting my everyday living. I could not sleep. I would get uh, nauseous just being in the car I would get headaches trying to read for 15 minutes. And so it just really made me kind of question what I was doing and if it was worth it to come back and play. And it was, yeah, I, it was the first time I really had to figure out who I was as Kendall, the person and not Kendall, a soccer player Mm -hmm. and really think about, okay, am I, am I going to be able to come back? And then I would again be like, no, I'm going to come back. And then am I a month later? So yeah. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself? Who did you learn that you were because you're not only a soccer player? Um, who is Kendalicious? Right, who is Kendalish? <laughs> um I just realized that 
that my whole life I had been someone who just, okay, I'm, I want to recover from my ACL. I want to make the national team. And I was just putting my head down and going to be the hardest worker. And that to me like felt right. But when I finally took a step away, I realized that I wasn't really enjoying the process as much as I could be. And I looked around at these people who are achieving these, there's so many athletes out there and just people who you look up to and like, wow, I want to be them. But then when you really talk to them, you realize they aren't, they've, they've won a ton of uh, championships. They have maybe a family, but they're not happy. Mm -hmm. And it just made me realize, okay, what's the point of going after all these things if you're not enjoying the process? So it really just made me think about, like, why am I playing soccer? Not what do I want to do, but why and who do I want to be in the process? And how can I, if I'm not healthy, how can I still show up and be, like, the best I can be mm -hmm. today? Yeah. And why did you choose? Why? What was your why in that process of – you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to play soccer again, but why do you continue to try? Um, A, because I love it. Uh, and also, I just kind of this really deep passion I have to empower people and to know that, okay, I'm going through this struggle right now, and I'm sure there's so many other people, especially through, I would stay up late at night when I couldn't sleep and just research, as try to find the answers, and there's like hardly anything out there. And then I would see all these people who are also suffering and trying to find answers. So I was like, okay, if I can find a way to get through this, I know I can help so many people in the process. So I definitely just held on to this idea that through my struggle, I can help other people. Yeah. Was there a big turning point in that journey when you were trying to get back something that happened that um, aided in your recovery to, to help not, not speed it up, but something that you were like, this definitely was, it, it helped in getting me from where I was kind of in the stagnant spot to actually recovering. Yeah. There's two specific times. One really prominent day where I was, I had to pass a header progression to be able to uh, get cleared to play. And I was on this, they, you throw a soccer ball five times and have to head it different ways. And I was like going on for weeks and wasn't able to pass it without symptoms. And this day I did it and my symptoms that afternoon just got way worse. And I was like, what am I doing? Like if I don't have my brain, I don't know if I'm damaging my brain, if I don't have my brain, like I'm not myself. And I decided on that day that the first time ever, I was always just, I'm going to do this. I decided to, that I was going to let soccer go. And that morning I ended up, I decided, okay, I just want to reach out to all my other doctors and people and just get their opinions just to make sure. And I was talking to this mom whose daughter had concussion symptoms for over 10 years. And, uh, oh. she, yeah, she like couldn't get out of bed and was just like very, very struggling. And she, I just wanted to get advice. And she was telling me about nutrition and all these things. And I'm walking from my apartment to the stadium. I lived right by there. And she just kept saying, I would really like suggest stopping playing. Like you, I wouldn't just, this is the thing that really hit me. She's like, I I know you love soccer, but think about your family. Like if you get hurt again, you're not just affecting you, you're affecting your family and your friends. And that was the first time I was like, wow, if I get hurt again, I will be affecting my mom, my dad, and to have to put them through that. Mm -hmm. And so I hung up on the field and was like, wow, okay, I'm 
I'm done. And I literally just felt this sense of peace that I've never felt before because I always was like, I'm going to do this. But it just felt right. And then that day, that same day, I remember walking across the field. I was, Christine Sinclair was there, and I was like, I think I'm done. Like, I just literally, I'm not getting better. It's just not worth it. And she was very, like, nice to talk to me. And then I ended up telling a few of my teammates that, okay, I'm just, I want to focus on getting better. Mm-hmm. And I just don't care about soccer anymore. I just want to be myself and get back to being me. And I had an appointment with this uh, eye doctor and I saw him and did all this eye testing. And he told me after doing the testing, he was like, all right. He was this very matter of fact guy. He's like, all right, your shit's messed up, but I, <laughs> sorry, sorry for my language. No, you're but, fine. But I can, I can fix you. If you come in here for a week straight, I can get you at least 70% better. I've worked with like Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. a hockey player. Mm-hmm. And got him back. And I was like, are you kidding me? I literally was just about to be done. I don't care about soccer. I just want to be healthy. It's like, no, I really believe I can get you better. And so then after that, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And from there, I just feel that was just any throughout my entire recovery. Every time I let go completely, then stuff presented itself. And that was like the strongest example that I was just like, holy crap, what is life? Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was like this initial turning point that really helped me. And then there's also down the road, one other doctor who I ended up, Sinead Farley. Yeah. Uh, we flew across somehow. This is during my night of research, found this girl who had a blog and she saw this doctor in Ontario, Canada. And I was like, I know this is what I need. So I ended up getting in touch and called this guy. And the next couple of days later, I was on a plane flying across the country to see this guy for a week. And by far, he was the one who helped me. So if anyone's had don't need to go on, but if anyone's struggling, I'd be happy to help them. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned Sinead was going through it at the same time. Do you feel like it was nice to have someone in your corner, like to say, all right, we, it's such a frustrating process, right? Because it isn't like a regular injury recovery. Like there's so many more variables that are uncontrollable and to have someone who is going through similar thing and, just the piece that like okay I don't we don't get it but like at least we have each other and know that like we can trust each other with whatever we're feeling or saying or thinking yeah 100 percent. it's that's why I think what you're doing with the ACL club is so great because when you go it's not the same I love it's so incredible to have any amount of support but when you have someone who's going through it the exact same thing to be able to just you relate on a different level and so and I mean for me this is another thing I've learned is like this idea of perseverance. And at the time when I tore my ACL, that was the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. And it was, it made me kind of rise my mental strength up to another level. And the feelings that I felt when I was going through my concussion stuff were similar, but I just feel like my mental strength has grown since then. And so it made me realize to never discredit what anyone's going through just because now, when I look at my ACL recovery, I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad at the time. It was, yeah, it was so bad. So anytime I have a teammate who's going through something that may not seem that bad, I still want to make sure that I, like, understand their feelings are just as valid and mm-hmm. to be there for them however I can. Wow, that's really. I mean, that's so true. Everything's so relative, right? And to have the ability to look at it that way is something really special. And 
one of the things that uh, clicked with me when you just said, when, when you let things go, how things presented themselves. And I, I think it is true. I think as athletes, like we do think, and, may, and maybe it's not just athletes, maybe it's just as humans, like we think we can control things, but we're not in control really of a lot of things. And by letting go, we allow um, space. Like I always think of holding sand. Like this was in my last recovery, I would think like, I'm going to get back. Like, I'm going to get back. I'm going to make the national team again because I had just been with the national team um, with the full team right before I tore my ACL for the third time. So, I mean, to be like you said, you know, the same thing with you with the 23s, you're right there. And to have it pulled, the, you know, the carpet pulled straight underneath you, it's really difficult. And I was holding on to it so tight. And I was, then I started thinking, like, it's like when you hold sand and you squeeze it and it just like, everything gets away like you can't hold it it squeezes through the little cracks and it finds its way out but if you just hold sand in the palm of your hand like this it's not going to go anywhere like mm -hmm. you're going to keep it all there and things are going to be able to like add to it and the the stuff that needs to go away will go away but it's just there and so by letting go letting go of your grip a little bit like you actually allow more space in your life for good things to happen yeah, I that's something that kind of my mindset changed, uh, changed since this injury was just this idea. I used to always believe, like, you can have whatever you want. If you just work hard and uh, really want it and think about it and dream about it, it, it will happen. Mm -hmm. But now I've kind of – I have a different standpoint, and I believe that what you want, like, that is something that you should go after. And I believe, like, it can happen, but no matter what, as long as you're pursuing what – what is your dream with everything you have and what's meant to happen is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it kind of allows you to relax and be like, okay, as long as I'm yeah, going after what feels true to me, then like things are going to work out the way it's meant to. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I want to know, did the, did arrow living start in the midst of all of this or is this something that you had been pursuing before your concussion? Yeah. So Air Living's my, I have a blog and a podcast, um, and I started it before, and it was very general and broad, and it's based off an, a, quote, a quote that I really like called an arrow, uh, what is it, why am I blanking? An arrow can only be shot by pulling it back in life when you're faced with difficulties, just focus and keep aiming because it's about to launch you into something great. I made it before, and I remember looking at it during my concussion process in reading that quote again, I was like, holy crap, I literally just like, <laughs> right. like wrote out my future right. and it, I have to like, uh, I gotta walk it. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> walk my talk. So, <laughs> um, yeah. do you, why did you start it? What was, what was calling to you about, uh, was it that quote that made you, um, you saw it and you're like, okay, there's something here. Or had you always wanted to share this kind of, um, I know it's grown over the years, right, into what it is now with the podcast. And it, the podcast is awesome. Like, I think, I hope everybody listening to this will go listen to your podcast because you have some awesome interviews. But what was your, your why behind this and in, in pursuing Arrow Living? Yeah, so initially I just, I really like to write and I really like the idea of whenever you go through a setback in life, there's always something that can be learned from it. So I would write these stories and kind of tie in what I learned about it and then going through this process it kind of or my injuries it kind of refined okay I really I'm a female athlete and I feel like there's not just a lot out there for female athletes um as a resource and it just made me 
also through this idea of me, I used old me used to be just like, okay, head down, let's go like robotic, like, and now I have realized that there's no one right way to be an athlete. And I love getting to know who people are just outside the sport. And so when I, I love writing too. So I'll write stories of just things I've learned, but being able to interview people and to show female athletes, what these people are, who these people are that they look up to and show that there's no one right way to be a professional athlete. Everyone has their own recipe. And hopefully that through listening to that, people can find what works for them and apply that to their life. And feel empowered. You, you said that word earlier, like that we do all have it within us. It might look different for you and me, but we all have that ability to uh, pursue whatever it is that we want. We just have to tap into it. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be to be a professional athlete, yeah. just whatever, whatever floats your boat. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Were you always a deep thinker? Cause your podcast, you have some good, like deep thinking and also like strange thinking questions, which <laughs> is so fun. <laughs> um, I'm definitely in my head a lot. I'm a deep thinker, but yeah. I also, um, like I, my questions at the end that I asked my, uh, I, love listening to podcasts myself and someone I really enjoy listening to is Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. He interviews, have you heard of him? Yeah. I listen to him too. Yeah. So he interviews just world-class people from all different realms. And I semi try to emulate his questions because I think they're really interesting, but yeah, yeah. I, I just love getting to know people and not just the, I just feel like when athletes especially professionals do interviews you get asked the exact same, same questions things. yeah and it's like okay what that's, that's something that really bothers me actually when like post game stuff what do you think about the the game and people are like oh we you know we fought hard the other team did great you could almost like write a script of what yeah. say they're this gonna ask this say this yeah and i just think it's like let's be real i'm so. trying i'm trying not to do that no you're so, doing great we'll see, we'll see how that goes um <laughs> Well, not that this is a, a Tim Ferriss question, but I I want you to think of when your career is done and done, what do you hope it is that if people described you in three words, what do you hope it is that people will remember about you and your soccer career? Um, that I was authentic, empowering, and present. Ooh, I like those. I like present. I feel like those go, those all go so well together. <laughs> um, and uh, before, before I let you go and ask you one last question or, or question of the podcast, I actually want to tap people into something that's pretty special that you've gotten to experience a, a number of times. And it is being on the field in Providence Park when you're wearing the Portland Thorns jersey and the crowd is just wild. I think the national anthem there is just one of the most special things that you can experience as, I wouldn't even say a female athlete. I would just say an athlete because the commitment of the Rose City Riveters and every single fan that uh, lines those seats, almost 15 plus thousand of them every single day, the, the feelings that you get standing there must be something um, probably actually pretty hard to explain. Yeah. Definitely. And kind of like I said, after going through what I went through, I am even more grateful for it. And it is so special. You're with, uh, at times we had 20,000 fans and you can just feel the energy. And 
after the game, we get to go around and thank our fans. And uh, my grandma comes to every single game, and she has a signature spot. It's up high. And every time I go around, I get to look up into the stands and wave at her and blow her a kiss. And it's just, it really is one of the most special things. And I will definitely remember that for forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, out of all those fans, too. Pretty cool that you get to play in front of your family and in front of your hometown, something that I um, never got to experience. So I'm always a tad bit jealous, but also feel like, I feel like I can feel it when people talk about that. Like, your grandma, I'm like, oh, that must have felt so awesome to be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Um, well, I just want to say thanks for, for being on the show, but mostly, Kendall, thank you for being you and for being honest and sharing so much about your journey, not not just here, but with what you're doing on Arrow Living. I think that you're doing great things and you're helping so many athletes, whether um, – you see that or not right now. I think you just pursuing something that feels right to you and um, is a dream of yours. You're so right. You know, if you, if you go on that path, good things will happen. And I feel like um, good things are already happening and will continue to happen for you. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate I've listened to your stuff and it's really good. And I wish that I had it when I was going through my ACL stuff. Right. Or just any injury, yeah. Any injury, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Last question before I let you go. What does show your scars mean to you? Show my scars. I think show my scars means to me uh, that I'm living, like actually living and being and allowing myself to get, have scars and learning through, through them in the process. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, Kendall. Thanks, Jordy. Hope you guys enjoyed that as I dove into Kendall's life and how she got through some of her toughest moments. I hope one of the things you take away from this is that that last question that I asked Kendall, I think is a cool way to get some perspective about what is going on with you if you had to think about three words that people would describe you as try to be those words every single day throughout your rehab whatever you're going through and I think that helps you see it from a different point of view from the end looking back who do you want to be as you go through all these injuries not all these injuries your injury how who do you want to be and look at it from that perspective because I think it changes the way that you'll go into every single day with that strength, with that power, and tapping into who you can really be every single day. So best of luck. If you like that idea, write it down. Have some accountability just with yourself. You can put it on your mirror. You can put it in your car so you can see it every day. You go to your physical therapy sessions, go to school, go to training, whatever it may be. Uh, We believe in you. We're proud of you. Go out there and show your scars with pride.